Blog Talk Radio.
and welcome everyone. Welcome to the live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. Rodney, how are you doing? Tammy, I am doing well. I'm doing well this uh, Tuesday evening, thanks to the uh, <laughs> the hurricane being gone. <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, did you? I'm good. I'm good. Did you all have bad weather? Uh, we just had a lot of rain last night and uh, into this morning. But that was about it. The sun oh, okay. was the sun was shining bright this afternoon. So uh, the hurricane, well, by the time it came through here, I don't even know if it was a hurricane, and it didn't come as far inland as they thought. But there was some uh, uh, there was like some some trees down and some power outages. But um, where my family is. Uh, it was actually pretty bad. In fact, a tree fell on one of my cousin's uh, car, um, and then they had, you know, they couldn't get out of them. They would because trees and power lines were down everywhere. So they actually um, had a tornado, maybe, uh, I think. Uh, so they they got the worst of it, but nevertheless, everything is good here. Oh, okay. Well, you know, How about in the um... great city of Memphis? And we have had some beautiful, beautiful weather, weather-wise. Um, I don't know what the temperature was today, but it was a beautiful, beautiful day. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cool. It was just everything seemed to be to the perfect, to perfection today. So if I had to base it on today, the weather was perfect. We could not ask for a better day. We've had a little rain here and there Um you know, kind of, like I said, here and there wasn't enough to even complain about. But here, the last few days, we've had some beautiful weather, but today was perfection. Like, it was just perfection. So, um, no complaints okay. there. And and I didn't realize, and I guess I should have, because I just found out that, uh, I guess, parts of South South Carolina was waiting on, the, on a storm last night. Didn't even think about it going that way toward y'all, because I, I didn't know that there was a storm out there brewing, because... You guys, y'all know I don't watch the news, so you have to keep me updated. I wouldn't even know if we had one coming our way, so y'all have to tell me if we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got to fix that part. We we, we need you to know if it's coming your way. (laughs) I mean, that's why I say y'all have to help me, because I promise you I would not know. (laughs) I would not know, so. I'll have people asking me, uh, did you hear about this? I'm like, no, where did that happen at? Right there where you are. <laughs> okay. Tammy, okay. well. Tammy, I got a I got a question for you. Uh-huh. And, and I saw your question I saw your question online and I really hope we get to because I want to know uh where you were going with it. But how how does that um uh, impact your life um mentally, physically? Uh, emotionally, spiritually, how does it impact your life um, not being connected to things like the news? Oh, wow. Ooh-wee. Um, okay, like, Rodney like, jumped right into the like, show, you did watch it? <laughs> oh, my huh? gosh, did I? Yes, I did. Yes, yes. Um, for me, Rodney, it was a choice, and 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 it, I just realized for me that it 
and I won't say I won't ever go back to watching it for where I'm trying to go and what I want to um, produce in my life. It's kind of like what you plant is what you will get. And for me, I had so much to work out of my life until I could not afford to put anything in there. It's like if, if, if a doctor said to, to me, it was being diagnosed, like, if you smoke again, you will die. I was at the point, if I didn't, I had to pick and choose what negativity I allowed in my life, and I see the news as a very negative aspect for me. I saw it right. for me as that. And when I think right. about all the other neg- negativity that I have to fight on a day-to-day basis, um, in some instances with the people that I have no control over. I, well, I do have control over having in my life, but at the same time, I don't right now. So I had to, because those same people were were necessary for my growth. So I started to have, like, I needed that friction in order to remind me of, of where I was coming from, but also why I needed to keep going and going and going forward. So at, for that particular time in my life where I, when I decided, I can remember when I just started cutting back, uh, cutting back on things that were not good for me. And one of them had to be the news because um, the news is just so negative and it puts such a um, different view for me. It gave me different views about things that I wasn't ready to see or could not afford to see. Um, mm. So, so it changed my life tremendously. It it, it really did. Um, and and I don't I don't think it's a really good thing. Like this, like a good thing to be so out of touch with um, reality, I guess, because there's some things in there that I need to know and need to hear. But I'm just not willing to even. I'm willing to take my chance in order to go where I want to go, where I to grow forward and to go where I want to go, I had to do that. And I still feel like I still have to do that because I'm telling y'all, life is, and I don't mean this no hard way and disrespect, but y'all know life, life is, is truly what, the, what that part of the Bible says where we struggle and we fight. We fight a spiritual battle every day. And I, the last few days, and I'll say the last few weeks, I had the, the, a wonderful opportunity to have a conversation today with, with two people that, um, number one, I never would have guessed it, that we'd be sitting down having that kind of conversation, the kind of conversation we had today. I mean, it was so deep but so necessary and so in touch with just beyond who I am and who they are and why we're here. You could just, for me, it was, a, it was another God moment. And so I say that to say that you got, and I share it with them. I said, I have recognized, and Ryan, I think you and I had a little touch on this conversation about, um, I don't think we got too deep in it because something, I think we, we had to hang up a go or something, but we touched on the Pharaoh part of, um, about the Pharaoh. Like I have just really started to um, recognize people who I see as my as pharaohs in my life. And I and I and I'm telling you, I was just so I'm mm-hmm. I was telling them today, I was like, I'm just so honest with God about where I am, who I am, what I'm feeling and 
and what I don't understand about the things that 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 are allowed to happen. I'm just, just I'm 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 freeing, finding freedom, um, spiritually and emotionally and physically. I'm just experiencing freedom all around and in my life. And it does not mean I cannot say this enough that it does not mean that my life is struggle free. It actually means that I have more struggles and more battles than I than probably the average person does. But but those things are to be expected when you are pursuing the type of growth and release of bondage that I'm pursuing. Y'all, it's all or nothing for me. And when I say that, I mean all or absolutely nothing. I will not live a life of bondage. I will not serve this big guy that we all talk about and live in hell. I will not. I will not serve and be a witness for the kingdom and live my mind, let my mind and my body stay in hell. I will not. And so for me right now, I know it's a long version, but y'all know um, <laughs> I'm the long version. I am. I, I, I am the long version. Um, and that's what I had to do for me. And so, somebody else, it might work for. But I really have to, I cannot, I cannot perceive that. I just cannot take it. So I choose not to do that part because I have to limit. Um, as best I can, because we really do wrestle against the darkness, the rulers of darkness in this world. And if you're pursuing any type of transformation in your life, like the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. First of all, if you don't renew your mind, you're not going to change. Your life is not going to change. You're going to go back every single time you will go back. And it would mm-hmm. be so um, unknowing, like you were just automatic. Auto, we talk about the autopilot, being on uh, cruise control. You will cruise right back to where you have worked so hard to come from if you don't renew your mind. And so that's different for everybody. That's, that's a different situation, a different process, but the process of renewing your mind is the same. You have to do it. Now, how we all have our different ingredients and how and what we need in order to do that, I think we get caught up, Rodney, in not being willing to make the choices and the sacrifices that it takes for us to do that. We're so attached. We're caught up. We are um, on auto in, in autopilot mode, cruise control, uh, ego. We're prideful. We're all those things. And those things are more important. How we look is more important than how we feel, which is why we're not honest with our words. Um, like I've taken that to a whole nother level, Rodney, where, and some people will say, well, you, you really in bad shape then because if you've taken that to a whole nother level, you're going to lose a whole lot more people. And what I've taken to another level is there are no more free passes with me, with my words. I'm not saving, like, I'm not going to save your feelings for the sake of mine because we both lose in that situation. Now, I'm going to try to choose how I say it 
Mm-hmm. The shit got to be said. The shit got to be said. And I, I said just like that. We, I think we're too caught up in <laughs> we can't say this, we can't say that. Oh, I'm going to hurt your feelings if I say this. I heard, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Rodney, because we didn't even get the introduction yet. But I heard, and I hope I got <laughs> this me in here. Okay, so I heard this statement Sunday. And it was to a very broken young lady who had gone through a lot in her lifetime. And I'll share some more of that story, but these are the words that I heard. When you give people what you need for yourself, you make them a thief. That was one. So what I did this week was I wrote things down that really just put my spirit and thoughts in my mind and thought process, and that one has stuck with me since I heard it. When you give people what you need for yourself, you make them a thief. And I started to think about the people in my life that I had made thieves out of. So over to you, right now. Tammy, I think that was a great introduction. Uh, <laughs> um, when you when you talked about the news, um, I wanted to I wanted to ask that because um, I don't look at the news as faithfully as some people, um, but I but I do look at it, um, and not and and it's more so when. When I can, like, there's no burning desire to turn it on in the morning. There's no like, oh, I gotta hurry up and get home to turn it on in the evening time, or plugging in like during the day. But I, but I do watch it. Um, but it's more so, oh, you know, the news is on. I'm not doing anything. Let me turn to it. Or there's nothing else on right now that I want to see. Let me turn to the news. Um. But in in watching the news, I have found that I, I see why I see why so many people are um, confused. I see why so many people are lost. I see why so many people are, um, you know, angry, and and why why, why people just can't get along or or move forward like you talked mm-hmm. about because mm-hmm. it is a big hindrance and the reason why is because the news is successful the media is successful in doing their job in carrying out their mission their job mm-hmm. is not to tell you the truth Their job is not to tell you the lie. Their job is to get you hooked and to go and talk about what you saw or what you heard, the truth. They don't don't care about people. They don't care who gets hurt. They don't care if you don't fact check them. They don't care. All they care about is putting something out there that people can latch on 
and talk about because that's what we love to do as people. As human beings, we love to gossip. And what do we love to gossip about? Things that we don't know anything about or things that we know very little about. And when we do that, it keeps us distracted from what you said. Keeps us from fulfilling our purpose. It keeps us caught up in things that either are irrelevant or things that it really doesn't even matter. It, it keeps us bound to this, to this, not even information, to this little snippet. It keeps us. It keeps it. It has a hold on us, and that's why you have people that. They 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 swear they're Democrats, but they talk about Trump every day. Why? Because every day they're looking. Oh oh, Trump did. It. Okay, but why is that so important to you? I mean, if they talked about what time Trump used the bathroom, people would. Oh my God, why does he use the bathroom at eight o'clock in the morning? Like that. That's how consumed we are with the news. And we don't even care what it's about. We just we just want something to talk about. Because we don't know how to be productive unless somebody say, here you go. We're not self-motivators. We're not like Tammy in that, hey, I have a goal or I have some goals. Let me go and figure out how I can improve my life today. Let me go. You know what? I have a goal of, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to go to school and get a degree, or I want to go back to school and get a degree. So if if the news isn't helping me get my degree then why am I letting it eat up so much of my time? Or if you want, if you want, if you're single and want to be in a relationship or married, or if you're married and want a better marriage with, with your spouse, if it's not helping you improve your relationship, then why is it taking up so much of your time? If you have a goal where you want to earn money or save money, if it's not helping you do that, it shouldn't be it should not be chief in your life. But the news is I mean, that's just one of the things. But it it's crazy how something so small and something that is optional we don't even need it. <laughs> I mean, granted, yeah, we do need to be informed on some things, like, you know, air caves and tornadoes, you know, if they're coming. Yeah, it would be nice to know those things. But most of the things on the news, we don't need to know. It's just gossip material. But it takes up so much of our time. It takes up so much of our energy. Tim, I can't tell you the number of Facebook posts that I've seen about relationships, and I mean friendships, being destroyed because of uh, politics, 
um, especially since um, George Floyd's death. And people are, I, I got time today. I'm, 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 I'm deleting people. What? Come on out. Show me who you are. Show me who you are. I'm like, y'all have nothing better to do with y'all time? What? That ain't got nothing to do with me. But here we are and we get upset when other people, when we see other people moving on or getting ahead in life, or we see other people happy, then we're upset. And we we think that they're doing something special or something great, and that's how they're, they're, they're steady progressing. No, they're doing like you said, Timmy, they're cutting things off or limiting exposure to things that are not helpful. So I think that was a great <laughs> – I thought that was a great <laughs> introduction. <laughs> so I, I know. I, 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 I don't know if you heard me. I said Rodney jumped, Rodney jumped right into the show. He didn't even – he didn't tell him about the uh, – <laughs> The, uh, the trash can, the phone number, nothing. He's like, let's do this. But I love it. I love it. Hey, sometimes, sometimes you got to do that. You got to listen. That that is the trash can, right? They got to change it up. <laughs> That's what we did tonight. We changed. We changed it up. <laughs> I'll turn it back exactly. over to you to let you do that, and then I and, and then I want to uh, at the. I'll I'll let you do that, and then. I have some questions about your your uh, about your questions, so I'll turn it back over to you. Well, um, we can we can do the trash can thing at the end, Rodney. That's no big deal. I'll just say to the people if you're listening and you want to call in, um, if you have a question or comment that you'd like to present live to us, uh, please do so. The call in number is five six three nine 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 three five four two. Again, 563-999-3542. I will get the chat room up and going. Actually, it's pulling up now, so if if anybody has a question or comment that you want to post in the chat, please feel free to do so there. And I have my Facebook page up. If you want to send that privately, you can do so there or just post something in the comment section from where we've shared the show. Uh, details for tonight. So again, five six three nine 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 three five four two is the call in number if you'd like to listen live or have a question or a comment that you'd like to get to us live. So Rodney, what's your um, what's your question about? I guess what I put out there on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my first question is how did how did you uh, arrive to that to that thought um, in terms of um, I think you said something about um, was it being prejudiced against your own race or something like that? Yes. So that like the a- question that I put out, yeah, that's 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 basically what I was asking. Um, is have okay? So this has come from 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 just life happening over the last few weeks, and really just 
taking a look, a deeper look, not just at others, but myself as well. And so the question that I put out there today, were we forced to create segregation within our own race? So were we as black people forced to create segregation within our own race? Um, my, my answer to that is uh, yes, we were. Yes, we were. I won't say I think we were. For me, yes, we were um, forced to create segregation within our own race. I believe that has triggered down to within um, not just the race, but forced to create segregation with within a women, woman against a woman. Um, there's this there's this silence about the competition that goes on in families, whether it be a wife and a husband or siblings, um, friends, and then it all all those big things are categorized again, or I'll say segregated again. Uh, some of you may have heard me say, but you know that I've had people tell me you're a good black mom, and my my response is, can I just be a good mom? Do you have to title right. it by the color of my skin? Then um, you'll hear me say as well that pretty soon, and it's not now, not pretty soon. I probably should just say now. Um, we want to categorize people. Black people with brown eyes, black people with green eyes, or whatever, whatever. There's so much um, division in this world now until nobody really, I feel, nobody really feels like they belong anywhere, that we're consistently searching. And in that search, we feel isolated, so we isolate ourselves. And we isol- that, that keeps people isolated, that keeps people away from us because I think we're always searching, where do I fit in? And as soon as we find a place or we think we've found a place, then we realize that there's something in this place that disqualifies me to be here. I'm no longer qualified because there's so many little that are required to be here. And this may have nothing to do with what all I just said, but today as I was sitting pondering just some things, like I said, I had a really deep, deep, deep conversation today that so unexpected and, and not no one could have ever told me I would have been able to have those, that conversation, but it happened. Um, and so I came back home in, in deep, deep, deep thought, but I thought about um, – a little girl who, real-life real little girl, real-life, you know, real situation, beautiful, beautiful young seven-year-old, soon-to-be-eight-year-old, um, who is mixed-race and beautiful. Because, you know, I mean, mixed-races mixed just make beautiful, beautiful babies. Not that all babies are not beautiful, but they just seem to... They're just, I don't know, something. And I remember thinking a while back that God's going to make everybody the same color so all this stuff can, can just go away. Everybody's going to be brown. Like, I just thought that was so interesting because of all the mixed races. But anyway, I say this, this beautiful, beautiful young girl who is at, the, at a very young age 
does not recognize her beauty because of the way that the world sees her. She's not accepted by white people, and she's not accepted by black people. At the age of seven, she recognizes this, so much so that she hates her hair. Like, she hates her hair. She has the the, the curly locks. Um, and so I thought about, here's this baby, truly a baby, you guys, that has a beautiful head of hair that she hates and wants her mom to do something with. Because she's looking for her place, even at the age of seven. She's looking for identity. She's looking for where do I fit in? What is my group? How do I identify with these people? It starts at a very young age, a very young age. And so at, at, at the, in the midst of that thought, this is what I wrote down. The black girl who hates her hair, okay, the little black girl, I said, let me be more specific. The little black girl who hates her hair, but the adult black woman who wants her hair, similar in that. Little black girls, grown black mm. women looking for an identity. So this little black girl at the age of seven has the hair that the adult black woman wants at this age, but at her age, she doesn't see value in it. She doesn't want it because it, she doesn't fit in, especially if she finds herself amongst and in the midst of a classroom full of white children with straight hair, white skin. And so those little girls grow up to be women. Okay, but most, and most of, I don't know what it is, and I don't know if I'm just seeing this, but I am starting to see so many black, and I'm not knocking weed, you guys, by any shape, form, or fashion. But I'm seeing blonde weeds that down past your buttocks, like, and 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 I, if that that works, it could it could work. But I think we're in the midst of an identity crisis, and that we're trying, just like the seven-year-old girl, I'm looking for my place here. I'm looking to find out what it is that makes me different in this crowd. And what, at the same time, what is it that this cloud sees in me that is different, that makes me feel like I have to change or I want my mama to change it at the age of seven? And so, Ronnie, when I say that I think we're too quiet and we don't deal with the issues, just like we, we, we hear the story about the young black kids who will pick the white doll because she, he, she or he already feels inferior at this age enough to be able to make or distinguish between the white and black being inferior, superior, better than me. All of these things, to have such knowledge of this at that, at that age, at this age, y'all, we are failing our children. We're failing. 
And so I'm in this, this just, y'all, it's just been so crazy. Like, I've been so quiet. I've been, you have to look in. You cannot deal with this from an outside perspective. You have to look in. Because even with that little black girl that wants her hair to be different at this age, I can identify with her. I can identify with being at, at, a, at a time where um, I didn't know it at the time, but conversations, and I've shared this with you guys on here, where I had a cousin to, to say to me, so you, you, you're okay. You know, you're, you're pretty innocent. You're pretty cool. You're all right. And I was 20-something. And that, like, what do you mean I'm okay? Was I not okay? <laughs> and that's when we had the conversation that we just always thought that you thought you were better and that when they thought this, I was a little girl. I didn't even know what it meant to, to, to think I was better. And if I did know, oh, I didn't wow. know that I knew. But they were projecting it. They, their perception of it was based only on, based on the color of my skin and how, how other people, adult people, responded to that and so when I when I wrote that today or asked that question today it wasn't because of that it was just some other things that I have seen um, the past few weeks and how we compete with one another and it's so natural to do so that we don't see the division that it causes between us to the point Mm -hmm. where White people, not all white people, but white people can treat us like they do and see us of a lesser value because we are so divided within our own race. And Mm. and mind you, these are the same people that hired our great-grandpeople, grandparents or whatever as housekeepers to look over their children. How can you hate a person based on the color of their skin and turn around and let them oversee your children? In your family. That's crazy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, Rodney, if that question came from, oh man, so many things that I there's there's not enough time to. I don't even know if I know all of them, but I just know the turmoil that is happening inside of me because of all that. Because Rodney, for the most part, you know, and I, you and I mostly kept quiet when it came to. The Black Black Lives Matters and, and the race and all this, we for the most part we didn't really go deep into things like that when it when it has happened. And for me, I think it's because my deep my deep would not satisfy any race. My my the people who look like me would say that would call me a sellout because I figure we got to go deep within before we go deep without. And that people are going to treat anybody you love the way that you treat, that you treat them. For instance, uh, someone's not going to come in, some, in a man's house and disrespect his wife who, who, does, who knows that he doesn't disrespect his wife and he's not going to let you disrespect his home, his wife, or whatever. So people treat mm-hmm. you and the people you love how they see you treating them. People treat you how you let them treat you. People treat the people that you love. I had to tell somebody the other day, it's no different. Uh, I had a, a, a friend of mine, and I'll turn it over to you, Sandra, to say, if you see a sucker, lick it. 
we got a lot of suckers walking around, but a lot of people ain't sucking, ain't, ain't licking the suckers, because they suckers. We just suckers, just walking around suckers. But we're <clears throat> praying that we're, we're, we're different. But so, Robin, that question came from so many feelings that were going on inside of me at the time until I don't have enough time to explain them. Back over to you. <laughs> Tammy, uh, wow, I think I, I, I think I think you hit on a lot of points there, and um, one of the things that that comes to mind is the Willie Lynch letter. When mm-hmm. when you started talking about division, especially within our own race and the segregation within our own race and how you have the old and the young can't get along. The light skin and the dark skin can't get along. The men and the women can't get along. It's like every, the the short-haired women are mad at the women with long hair, women with long hair, mad at the women with short hair or talk about them, whatever. Fat people talking about skinny people. I mean, you name it, every difference that people can think of. And 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 I'm and and I'm going to stick with the black race for right now. Every difference creates a problem. Instead of us appreciating our differences, instead of us using them to our advantage as a whole, we allow them to break up our homes keep us from talking to family members for years, if we ever talk to them. Um, We allow them to um, cause us to support other people instead of, you know, our our very close family and friends. Um, When we are looking to give opportunities, same thing. I mean, it's, 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 it's such a problem that to me it's embarrassing because there's no way that if you're if you say that you're a good-hearted person and I say I'm a good-hearted person why is it that why why is it that we can't figure this out but I think back to the Willie Lynch letter where it was all about division it was about creating situations where people would judge people who didn't look like them or who didn't talk like them. I mean, we find everything wrong with people who are not like us. And I'm right because I'm this way. And you're wrong because you're not me. And I feel bad for, you uh, You mentioned Black Lives Matter. I feel bad for people who are like us and that if you call out racism or injustice, well, you got a problem there. 
but if you if you call out the the issues within the black community, you got enemies there. There's no winning. You're not allowed to have a problem with either one. When I wrote my book, and I, and thank you so much for uh, uh, sharing that that um, that show last week when we didn't uh, come on the air. Um, I think my friend uh, Christine <laughs> really enjoyed it, um, <laughs> but um, you know when I wrote that book and published it, oh my God, I got the most grief from black people and I'm like are y'all mad because y'all are in denial or are y'all mad because a black person put it out there because you can't tell me things that I said aren't true we need to stop calling each other the n-word we need to stop disrespecting women in in, in, in in music. The churches that are taking advantage of people need to stop. But if we have a problem with the segregation, if we have a problem with the way that we treat each other, then we're a sellout. We're a coon. Why are you worried about why are you worried about this? Well, if we're gonna talk about growth, let's talk about everything. Because I cannot fight against racist white people and ignorant black people too. That that's just too exhausting. Because there's no there's no win with either one of them, and sometimes I feel like I have a better chance with people outside of my race than with people inside my race. I feel like there are times when I've gotten more support from other races than people who are constantly screaming black power or support black businesses or support black people. What they really mean when people say support black businesses or support black people, what they really mean is support me if I'm black or support celebrities because that's essentially what we do. And going back to something else that you were talking about, Tammy, uh, we have a um, a young lady who works at our school who's, you know, who's been very open about her experiences, um, you know, being black but raised by a white family and how she struggled with that growing up because it was, well, which side do I identify with? because it was very difficult for her. But why do we live in a society where we have to choose? 
Why can't I figure out who I am or what's in my heart and go from there? Why does it have to be based on the color of my skin? Mm-hmm. And then when you talked about your cousin, when your cousin said, oh, you all right? You all right? As it, wait a minute. You didn't even give me a chance. <laughs> so imagine a white person looking at you and thinking certain things. See, we, we'll we'll get on TV and we'll talk about how white people treat us that way. Sometimes it's our own family members who spend years and and, and, and they don't even know us. All they know is what they've created in their own mind. And they they planted the seed themselves. They planted the seed and allow Satan to water it until there's this full-blown image of Tammy with all these characteristics. And then only to find out, oh, Tammy's not who I thought she was. Easy to, it's easy to talk about that when it's a different race. But what about when it's your own race? When it's your own friends? Your own family members? Because I know in the 80s and the 90s, it was all like it was all about light-skinned people. Women, women were pretty and beautiful if they were light-skinned, but they were also viewed as being conceited and stuck up if they were light-skinned. So people that people didn't even take the time to get to know them. We see somebody tall, we automatically think they're a basketball player. We see somebody who is, you know, of a bigger size, and we automatically think they're not healthy. And you got some people, two, 300 pounds, in better shape than people who weigh 125 pounds. But I think your question was a good one, Tammy, because it goes back to what you even saying when I asked you about the news. This segregation keeps us from growing, keeps us from maturing, keeps us from owning things. I keep hearing people talk about reparations. What does a whole lot of money do if you don't own anything? Does nothing. Because all you're going to do is take the money and give it to the person who owns it. I heard Tamara talking about this. I'm going to turn it back over to you, Tammy, because I want to get your thoughts on it, too. Um, Tamara was talking to somebody earlier about a conversation that her and I had. And um, I think it was her uncle. I can't remember. But anyway, basically, we were talk, uh, Tamari and I, what Tamara and I have talked about before is how a lot of times in black families, um, we are very quick to put our children out when they turn 18. And not to say that that doesn't happen with white families or Puerto Rican families, not saying that. 
just something that we've noticed in a lot of the black families that we know and in conversations that we've had, especially when we were younger growing up, it was all, when you turn 18, you're out of here. And then we wonder why we can't get ahead or why, why black youth struggle for so long. Well, you got other people who let their children stay home either as long as they need to or let them stay home for for quite some time and not just stay home and, you know, just lay on the couch. There are families who do that, but they let them stay home while they're going to college. They let them stay home even when they graduate college. They allow them to come back home even though they have a job now, but they let them, you know, uh, build up the credit, save money, so that way when they do leave home, they leave home, you know, with something, right? They can go and purchase a house when they leave home. They don't have debt when they leave home. But for some reason, growing up, that was all I heard, people, when you <laughs> when you turn 18, you got to get out. You're an adult then. And it's like, wait a minute. Is that really productive? I don't know. Tammy? Um, gosh, Rodney, you touched on so much. Um, I'm going to start right where you, and I'll work my way back, right where you finished. Um, and I think we, Tamaria, myself and you, had a we had this conversation as well. Or we, I remember something coming up with you guys, and we were talking about how um, – that that is that is very that is a thing to do within our our culture our our, our race um, and I remember thinking about the Bible verse because you know and and this is so ironic by me because the the conversation that I had today a lot of it this kind of started last night and you mentioned the Willie Lynch letter I ended up. Sending somebody the wind when the actually two people yesterday the Willie Lynch letter. Um, if there's anybody out there that you've not read it, you've not heard of it, I have it on go. If you wanted me to email it to you, it's like ready. All you gotta do is just you could text me your your email. I'll send it to you. You could text it to nine zero nine zero one eight three zero six zero eight eight. I will send it to you right now. Um, I encourage people to read it of all, all races. Um, but these are things that, that you, some of the things that you brought up, these are the things that we need to have discussions about. We need to put them out there in the forefront because see, we want to act like this is not us. We want to act like we don't, we've not bought into this, this um, way of living or this lifestyle. And we've accepted some things because of the effects of slavery. I get it. Like that was part of the conversation today. Like we, some people, we just can't help ourselves. I'm sorry. I, like I said, I refuse to serve a big God and then live here in hell, mentally, emotionally, financially, physically. I refuse to do that. It's all or nothing for me. I refuse to do that. I refuse to get stuck in a way of thinking that has not worked for the people who have taught me and allowed me to think this way just because they were taught and that, and, and that they see no way out. Because if there's, if you see no way out, 
then who is our big God? And what does every word that we stand on mean to us? Down to putting kids out at 18. And I say kids, because if we're going back to the word, there's a word that says a man should leave his, his home, his mother and father. There's a word that says that. He goes to get that woman so that he can take care of her. So if we push them out at 18, and then they become financially, they're already financially illiterate because we're not teaching our kids at an early age the value of a a dollar. Rarely are we making them work for a dollar today, yet they stand in lines to get, we drop them off with hundreds of dollars to buy some damn Nike shoes and an iPhone that does nothing but pull them more into the hell of this world. And so our whole process is me- of thinking is messed up. And so, yeah, a person can sit and tell me, well, they can't help it because slavery had this, this, did this to us. I get it. And I know that there are, there are effects of slavery that go beyond what I can ever imagine or see because I have not gone through anything like what people who came up in that time went through. Yet I still remember the day and I remember the words. I remember the setting. I remember the feeling that I got when I heard someone that I care deeply about talk about, well, that they had to go to the back of the bus. And I tell you, y'all, my insights are, what the hell? You had to do what? And in my, I wanted to go back to that very day so I could fight her all the way up to the front of the bus. Yet, Ronnie, mm. what do you say? The very thing we fought mm. for, now we have we adapt to because we get on the bus and go to the back, where they're so mm-hmm. out, just out of out of out of being proud of the people who fought for us to have the right to do that. We ought to say, I will never go to the back of the bus again just because somebody fought for this. So I'm going to say this. How do, we, how do we as a people fight for our brothers and sisters who we have not yet learned how to unite with? How do I fight for you, Rodney, if I don't like you? If I, who look like you in the same color, we're, we're categorized as the same race, how do I fight for you if I don't like you? How do I fight for you if I don't like me because I look like you? I'm the color of your skin. You better How preach. do we fight? How do we fight for each other in that sense? How can Black Lives Matter to the very people who are out marching that that look at their brother or their sister and don't like them just because they may have did a little bit more than when I say brother or sister, I mean literally. Same mama, same daddy. But I don't like you because mama did this, mama said this, mama likes you like this. And these are grown-ass people who go to church every Sunday. Read your Bible, pray. That's the conversation I had today. The ones who are going, who you can't get out of the parking lot fast enough. You, you, yes, 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 pastor, pastor, so, yes, happy Dory, because and before you get your children in the car and close the door, get your little badass in the car. <laughs> you still on the church ground. I'm serious. 
church. You stand on the church. But see, we don't want to talk about this. Oh, it's funny it's because now it's the true. Badass, <laughs> it is the little badass boy that you just told to get in the car. He's he looking at you. That ain't the mama I just saw in the church. So he ain't going to mm-hmm. go to church. He ain't going to believe in that God that you say you believe in. He ain't going to believe that for him. But she's not. And y'all, these are the things that we don't want to talk about. But any time, most times, even when we are our best, when we're on our best behavior, when we're trying to do our best, you guys, it is self-motivated. It is self-fueled. It comes from your place of understanding. And I'm sorry, you just, I get what, even what was being said today. Okay, it's not our fault. I get that. You, we've been put through hell, and we're still being put through hell. And so, no. The white mama, I'm sorry, cannot understand how I feel as a black mother who doesn't want her child to go to the store, who would rather get up out of her bed and take him a plate that she's cooked. And he's saying, no, mama, I'll come get it. No, son, I bring it to you. I have to go to the store anyway. I lie just to feel comfortable because I don't want my son to drive five minutes, if that. So, yeah, I want you guys to read the Willie Lynch letter. I want you to understand that we are messed up because of the things that not what I necessarily went through. But if you tell me that your dad did something to you, your dad said something to you that you have not been able to get over and you are 50, 60 years old, well, how in the hell did my mom supposed to get over what happened to her and what she saw her mother go through? How in the hell my grandmother was supposed to get over it when you were 50, 40, and you couldn't get over your daddy coming in drunk one night and saying something to you, and this has been the life, their lifestyle. They've been beat down, put down. You can't drink out of this water fountain because you are black. You can come to my city and play basketball in my city, and we can make money off of you. You can stay in this hotel, but you cannot eat in the restaurant. I watched that this week. Like, basketball players could literally go to a city and play ball, stay in the hotel, but couldn't go down the damn street and eat a meal because of the color Mm. of his skin. The color of his skin. And these were people that said it was based on their religion and their love of God that they see my brother, my dad, my son as inferior because of the color of his skin. Yet you Mm. say, God made everything and it was good. It was good. So when did the color of my skin not become good? And do you think that God didn't make my son because of the color of his skin? Tell me about this other God that you're serving because somebody had to make him. And so, Mm. yes, I get it. We have these things in us. We have to deal with them on a daily basis. I have to deal with that on a daily basis when I'm hurt by the people who I know love me but don't know how to love me because they're, they are still stuck. Mentally, they're still stuck, and they feel inferior, not just to themselves but to their sister, to their brother, to their mother, so they can't love me because they've not quite learned how to love themselves because all their lives they think, you can't eat here. You can't drink out of this water fountain. You can't go to the school that has good books and air condition. You can't do that. 
Because you're a black little girl and you're a black little man. And possibly God didn't make you. And if he did, he gave us permission to treat you this way. Just because of the color of your skin. But if you cut me, I bleed the same color as you. So, Rodney, I don't even know where to start with where this question, other than what I'm seeing is really becoming so disturbing to me, you guys, to like, I can't rest. I can't settle until I feel like God keeps sending Pharaoh in my life and won't take Pharaoh out because he's saying you're not doing enough. You're not saying enough. You're not reaching enough people. When I want to, what I want to do is say butterfly evolution is no longer in existence. But God will not allow me to do that. Because you know why? I feel like I'm talking to the same people who are just caught up in supporting butterfly evolution. You're on the air. I'm going to listen. Well, you guys, what are you doing when you hang up? What are you doing when Rodney and I get off of here? What are you doing? Because if it's just a social meeting, I don't want it anymore. If it's just something to do, I don't want it. If this is not pushing you beyond yourself, beyond every feeling, thought, emotion, desire, if it's not pushing you, then what are we doing? Because Rodney had a whole family that he could be spending time with. I'm rushing around today trying to stumble my food off the plate because I had to eat so fast and get on the air. What are we doing it for? What are we doing it just so that you can say Black Lives Matter, that you matter, that I matter? Because it's easy to say. It is so easy to get caught up in your words. And, y'all, we are doing a lot of talking as people. But I'm afraid that that's all we're doing is talking. Talking does not change anything. You have to put action to your words. And I get it. It's hard to see what you've not seen. It's hard to think that you can be what you've not seen anybody in your family be or do. It's like a little baby. Dolly, when I see Dolly being so admirable about the things that I just take for granted, like for her to see that I'm turning on a light switch and when I do that, something happens, where she looks at the light, she looks at the switch, she looks at me. She looks at me, she looks at the light, she looks, She knows something. I'm, you're doing something to cause that, to create that. She doesn't even get what's all behind it yet. Like there's so much in this wall and somewhere else that makes this light come on. That at the, at the switch of a button, somebody can turn these lights off and we, we don't. I can switch that light all I want. The light's not going to come on because the utilities is off. She doesn't even get that. She's just fascinated that there's something you're doing over there that's creating something over here, and you're doing it. That's the look for at me. Like, I know you're doing something. You're doing it here, but when you do it here, something is happening there. That's how we got to become. We just got to get beyond talking. We got to talk, do, realize that what we do makes something happen over here that possibly can trigger something over there. We're just not doing enough, and I'm just over the small BS. I'm over it. 
And I told yeah. someone that no, there are no more free passes with me. No more. We're going to deal with it where it lands. If we crash here, we're going to crash here. But when we leave here, we're going to be all put back together. That don't mean we got to be together. But we're going to show, have an understanding of what just happened here. And so in mm. that right now, I'm also finding that I'm like, okay, um, I'm letting people go at the same time. Because I know people are not going to be able to handle that right now. So let's let's break let's break it easy. Let's break it off easy right now. Because when it's your turn and when it's my turn, it will surface. But we gotta stop playing first with ourselves. Because we can be BS ourselves to stay where we are. We have learned to judge others and justify ourselves. Like we can find every reason that what we're doing and how we're thinking is justified. I had the opportunity to ask someone the question today. Are you would you say this to this person had your experience been different? And basically it was two people who kind of came from situations where like situations and it was about about their parents. And my question was, had you come from a different home, a different setting? meaning that you had a very healthy relationship with your parents, would you be able to sit here and tell this person this? Or would you say, no, that's not right, because your experience was different? And that's what I mean by it's easy for us to, um, we, when, we're eat, when we're on our best, when we're doing our best, saying our best, trying to be our best, you guys are still from a self-interest, a self-reflecting, mm-hmm. self-motivating, unless you really check yourself. Because you'll know when it is, but you got to be real with yourself. And we're not willing to do that, Rodney. We're not willing to go there. We don't want to see or accept who we really, really are. And if you want to know who you are, or what's going on inside, maybe a better way to say that, what's going on inside of you, listen to your thoughts. Listen to the things that, and I say that, and you go, that don't even make sense. I'll just say, listen to what comes up in your mind, in your heart. Listen to the things that you don't say to others, to self. Listen to the things that you don't share. Like, what are the thoughts? It's easy to tell me all the stuff that you think that's all, you know, glory, da, 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 da. Tell me some of the things that you don't, that you wouldn't tell me. Or the next person, not just me, because I'm, 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 I, I get it. I'm, I realize that I am nothing and nobody without Christ in my life. Nothing and nobody. And now, like I've told you guys on before, if had it not been for my desire to be pleasing to God, none of y'all could trust me. I wouldn't even want you to. I'd tell you right off, mm-mm. I ain't the one you want to trust. I'm not the one you want to be around because I'm about me and that's it. Mm. So you got to be real with yourself. you got to be real about the, the, your egotistic ways, your prideful ways, your judgmental ways, your justifying 
that you're okay because of this, 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 but everybody else is not okay because of this, 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 this. And again, the, I'm over to you, Rodney, but how can we fight? Keep that. In, how can you fight for me when you yourself haven't quite learned how to accept me and unite with me? How can you fight for me? How can I fight for you? Back over to you, Rodney. Oof. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so where you kind of ended up, Tammy, is, is what I thought about, um, I guess, a summary of everything that you said. Something came to mind, and going back to the Willie Lynch letter, where one of the things that it said was, Keep the body, take the mind. Mm. And when you were talking, I was thinking about what you were saying and reflecting on the question that you asked initially at the same time. And what came to mind was we typically see segregation on the outside. But could it be the reason why segregation is so, uh, I guess, obvious or so powerful in our society is because we're segregated within? Could it be that we are divided on the inside? That's what I started thinking about is that it's so easy for us to be segregated on the outside because we're torn on the inside. We don't know who we are. We're confused about who we are. We can't make up our mind because in front of Tammy, um, Rodney A, in front of Tamaria, I'm Rodney B, in front of Leon, I'm Rodney C. We keep bouncing around depending on who's watching or who's listening. Our conversation depends on who we're talking to. We are so confused and so used to playing the game that we don't even know what's real anymore. And I thought about that when you mm-hmm. said, uh, especially when you when you talked about And I thought it was so powerful. What are the thoughts that you don't say? What are the things that you keep inside? Because it's not wisdom most of the time that keeps things inside. It's hypocrisy that keeps things inside. It's us being two-faced that keeps things inside. It's us not being honest with ourselves or other people that keeps things inside. It's not because we're being wise and mm, it's not a good time to talk. Nope, that's not it. Sometimes it is. But a lot of times that's that's not it. And we struggle being happy with and for other people because we are not happy with ourselves. 
Because if we were happy with ourselves, you see a different us. It wouldn't matter to us who got the blessing first. Somebody got the blessing. Let's be happy. But we can't do that. We are constantly fighting with each other because we are constantly fighting with ourselves. Mm. We are double-minded. And like the Bible says, a double-minded man is unstable, not in some of his ways, but in all of his Uh ways. All of them. So if you double-minded, you don't get to pick and choose which which areas of your life you're unstable in. The Bible says you are unstable in all of them. And double-minded, it, it it's one of the worst things that you can be because you're all over the place. You got you got two you got two different sets of thoughts for the same thing. Why? Because it matters to you what people think. It matters to you what people say. You don't know how to be you and whoever likes me, cool. Whoever don't like me, cool. I'm I'm steady going forward. We don't know how to do that. So we straddle the fence. And that's our hurting feeling if you ever tried it physically. So can you imagine how much more painful it is mentally? You trying to straddle the fence. And to answer your question, Tammy, it's not positive. I don't understand how you can say that you're fighting for somebody who you don't like. Okay, I get it that you know. Sometimes we say we we say we do it out of love, but but are you really? What's what's on your mind? I can't stand this person, but I'm fighting for them. Something that bothers me, Tammy. And I've been thinking about this ever since they restarted sports. The the media has made it a, has made a point to show everybody who takes a knee. The NBA players, you know, there's emphasis on the jerseys that they've been wearing because, you know, until today, before today. The only thing on the back of their jerseys were things like justice, equal rights for all. I mean, they were wearing all these names on the back of their jerseys. And my thought has been, that's nice, but what else are you doing? Because if all you're doing is taking a knee at a game and wearing a T-shirt that says Black Lives Matter, You are bringing attention to yourself, not any issues. Because if you want to bring attention to issues, you go to where the issues can be 
discussed and something can be done about them. So if you're not going to school board meetings, which from my understanding, a lot of them who have children, they can afford to send their kids to private schools. So what what interest they would have in a school board meeting, I don't know, but you should be at the school board meeting. If you want to make a change, go to the city council meeting. You want to make a change, go out here, go to Chicago, and see if you can help with this crime rate. Because your 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 TV antics aren't doing anything for me. They aren't doing anything to, to, to help stop police brutality. It looks cute on TV. It, it really does. It looks cute. But what is it helping? Other than people are constantly talking about you and your, and your nice T-shirt. And that goes for black people. That goes for white people, Asian, Native American, Puerto Rican. I don't care. What are you doing? But that's who we are as a society. Tamaria has been doing um, Zumba every week for, oh, man, when it's about two months now. If it hasn't been quite two months, it's really close. But she's been doing Zumba uh, instruction on Wednesdays. And started out $10 a class. Tamaria has given people free classes. They won't show up. Tamaria is giving people <laughs> bargains. They won't show up. Tamaria gave somebody a free class, and they say she didn't remind. She didn't remind them. Oh, and I said right. to her, right? I said to her, I see all of these people on Facebook. Or Twitter. I even hear it when I'm in my car. Damn it. These little versus battles that they do when they, you know, they bring up these old school people, you know, and they do these little battles on Instagram. Nobody has to remind them. And that's why I said when people talk about, oh, you need to support black business. No, you need to support black celebrities is what they're saying. Because if you're trying to support black people, how many black people do you know that you could be supporting that you don't? And then I know people, Tammy, speaking of supporting black people, I know plenty of black people. I've said, hey, listen, I co-host a radio show on Tuesday nights. You're more than welcome to come on and talk about your business, talk about your product. We always do that for people. Them jokers don't show up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm going to call you. Never hear from them. So when we know black people who have businesses, who are good-hearted people and trying to do the right things, we don't support them. And then if somebody gives us an opportunity, we don't take it. 
Now, I bet you those same people, if they got a call from the Today Show, oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah, here, here's all my stuff. What time you want me to be on? 8 o'clock? Oh, I'll be there at 7.30. But that's who we are. We're hypocrites. And we want to do the right thing when the camera's on, when the microphone is on, when people are watching, when people are listening. But when it's not, oh, you're going to see the real me. And that's why even going back to Tim, when you're talking about people not even liking, not, not even liking us, but say that they're fighting for us. That's why you always get these people who think, these celebrities, who think that they are just talking amongst friends or nobody can hear them, and then they they get caught using the N-word or other racial slurs, or they get, talk, they get caught talk, bad-mouthing black people. And then when it gets exposed, then they, oh, no, 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 no. You have to understand, I've never used that word in my life. Oh, you have to understand, i got black friends. and Oh, no, 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 no. You got caught being you. That's it. You got caught being you. So we don't need an explanation. In fact, this time, be like Donald Trump. Don't offer no apology. That's one thing I got to get to, man. The man ain't sorry about nothing, he says. <laughs> or does. He ain't sorry about it. And that's how other people need to be. If you say it, Hey, yeah, I said it. I said it. But that's not who we want to be. Tammy? Oh, boy. Oh, wow. I don't know where to start. Um, so I guess I'm going to start to finish. And and, and that's just, I'm going to go back to what has really left a mark on my life this week. Um, one of the things, because there's been many, um, but when I heard, and I, and I, I can never get her name right, but Ayani, whatever her name is, I can't, uh, Yavani, uh, the lady um, that has the show that Fix Your Life or something like that, I can never say her name. Uh, I apologize. Yeah, her. When you give people what you need for yourself, you make them a thief. Who have you made thieves? Who in your life that you're giving, trying, attempting to give something to them that you need for yourself? And I don't want you to get caught all up in this pretty stuff, these pretty words. Well, you're supposed to give to people. Don't give me the pretty words. Because, see, when you, when you do that, you can say the pretty words. You can dress it up. You could dress a banana up, but it's still a banana. I can go in there right now and put buy banana clothes and put on, like y'all doing with these dogs, y'all buying these dogs clothes. And that's a whole other subject that I'm going to get on with us one day. 
dogs got clothes, you ordering their food online, they riding in the car with you, sitting up in your lap while you're driving. We are just, we're going to turn cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Sleeping in the bed with us, everything. I mean, they got, you need a whole nother part-time job to have a dog. And I'm not saying dogs are not valued. That's not what I'm saying. But some of y'all care more about dogs even than in your past of human life on the street and won't give them a dollar, even if God led you to do so. I ain't giving no dollar. I need to get a job. It's, these are the things I want you to deal with about yourself while you sitting at the morning bench, while you sitting on the front row of the church, raising their right hand, raising their right hand, tip out, go to the bathroom and all that. Amen behind every word that come out, even if you know it ain't true. You just caught up in the moment. What are you giving that you need for yourself? And who are you making? In doing so, who are the thieves? Who are you making thieves? Because see, when we do this, we're not at peace. Like you said, everybody, the fight is within. We're fighting amongst ourselves because we're trying to be everything for everybody based on who they are, what they have, where we where we are, where the past is sitting around, or you know, past thing. We're a whole nother different person. We make these people our gods. We make these things our god. We live these false lives and these false perceptions based on false realities and all this stuff. And we set a line to ourselves about everything. So who can you go fight for with all that? Who can you go fight for? You can't fight for yourself. And so who, what are you giving and to who and why? Why are you making them a thief? And it was something else she asked this young lady that had, again, had gone through some things. And these things that she had gone through had shaped, as they do, and mold her life, her very being, her character. She had been molded into the person that she was today. And so she was asked the question, the young lady, who did you tell? And the young girl said, nobody. And so the thoughts that came to my mind, a letter to nobody. What is it that you haven't told? And why? And what is it doing to you? What is it doing to you? What are the things that you are allowing to settle in your life, in your soul, in your spirit? Because you want to keep up the part. You want to look the part. When all along there are people around you that see that you're dying inside. Not maybe dying, but you died. You've died. That's not living, you guys. That's not living. Who are you trying to hold up for and why? Why? And what is it doing to you? I just refuse to make people these. I just refuse to. You cannot have what I've not 
first learn to give to my save you in the water if I'm afraid to swim? I can't save you. That's ignorance. That's foolishness. To think that I'm going to swim out and save you from drowning when I can't swim. Mm. And remember this. It's difficult to see what you've never seen. Imagine a baby seeing rain fall and feel it for the first time. And that's why you guys is so it's so it's such a blessing to see Zali in this state of newness. Like just to see her see and respond to rain for the first time. Like that's water. Awa, she says, that's water. I I see it. I know where is it coming from. To look up in the sky and see that, or look up, not even knowing that sh- that we call this thing a sky. So it's hard to see what you've never seen. But that doesn't mean you can't see it. That doesn't mean you can't find out what this is. Because one day, Dolly is not going to be no longer going to be fascinated by water, or my going over and turning on that doing something to that switch that generates this light. She's no longer going to be fascinated by it because she will learn the ins and outs of it. And she will no longer be fascinated, although that is something to be fascinated by every day. Every day. Because a lot of people don't have that, you guys. They don't have the luxury of turning the switch on and off. And there are people right here in this, in the United States. Hell, that's been part of my life. I've had, I've lived and didn't lights weren't on. So I could turn that switch on all day, every day, and nothing would happen. What happens when the lights go out, when, when weather makes it where we don't have access to utilities? And things like that. What happens? So Rodney and I are just here to get you guys to thinking. Not come just to hear us talk. Because I'm telling you, it takes, boy, there's some nights I have to push myself here. Because I think, God, what am I doing? I'm not putting a dent into what's going on. What am I doing? What do I think I'm doing? Why am I doing this? Because I have my own fish to fry as well. Just because we come here every Tuesday? Do you think Rodney and I, and right now I speak for myself, do you think that we don't have things that we deal with personally, professionally? Yeah. Like what we bring to you, I, I there's things that I think about that I'll get online and research and just, and not for you, but for my own understanding, because there's still things that I don't get, I don't understand. I don't know the why. I don't know the ins and outs. I'm confused as to why is this happening? What can I do? Why does it seem like it doesn't change? Why do I keep dealing with this thorn in my side? Why is this person continuously my pharaoh? And God, what is it that you keep telling me to go back to get? When are you going to let me get it? 
When are we all going to get it? Think because we sit here on Tuesday nights and we are Rodney and Tammy on the Butterfly Evolution Radio Show that we have it easy. Or that we don't go through things and we don't struggle with those same thoughts that I'm saying, tell me those. Because if you got one for me, I got five for you of my own. We're no different. We're no different. And to the black person that thinks we are, to the white person that thinks we are, that we are, then, then let's, let's, let's see what color our blood is. Who do you think, do you think a different person made you because you're white? Do you think a different made, person made you, be, a different God made you because you're black? Do you think that you deserved not to be able to go in or your parents deserved not to, to go in and be able to sit down and pay for a meal and eat it, but couldn't because of the color of their skin? Do you think that they did not deserve that? And to the white person, do you think that they didn't deserve it because of the color of their skin? And do you think that you're justified because you're not compelled to speak up when you see it? See it even on your jobs in the workplace because it is there. It exists. There are people that look at me and instantly, instantly see me as less than or that will compare me. There are people that will look at me and think I'm a little bit better because I'm a little bit lighter. Or you're different. Oh, you speak different. You look different. And then I'll turn around and tell a dark complexion person, you look pretty for a dark girl. What the hell does that mean? What's dark? What's dark? And so these are the things that you got to be real with yourself. White people, these are the things that you got to be real with yourself. Black people. But you got to start with you first. You got to start with your sister that you don't like, your brother that you don't like. Your sister who you go back and tell lies on or, or you make up things or you're whatever. You add who it is. But see, you know th- these things exist within you, within your families, within the people that you love, within the people that say they love you. Everybody has their own hell going on inside. But we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to deal with it. So who's your thief? Who are your thieves? Who have you given permission to steal and to be a thief? And who has made you one? Get real with people. Get real with yourself. So, Rodney, I'm going to turn it back over to you. We're going to keep these conversations going, you guys, as long as, because I tell you, if I had my way, I'd be like, this is the last episode of Butterfly Evolution, because you know what? It ain't what I'm being on to. That would be my word. But God will not let me put this to the side. He will not let me put it down. And it's been since 2011, June 2011. Well, Tammy, um, 
just being with you since 2014, and I know the first time I was on the show um, as a guest was in 2013. Um, I'll never forget because my first time on, uh, my man Dale was (laughs) – my man Dale turned into the author of his life. But um and I remember and I remember coming back uh that February, um, and this was like right after I moved back home. Well, not back home, but back to North excuse me, back to Northern Virginia. And then I remember like coming on with you um full time that spring in twenty fourteen, that April. And I don't think the the end is anywhere near. Um, one, because there's a lot of work to do. Um, two, because I think there are a lot of people who get a lot out of the show, um, whether it is live or whether it is um, the archive show. But I think there's a lot that goes on that we don't see or don't know. Um, And I think about how, let's say, the show had ended a year ago. I think about the teachers at my school who um, started, you know, tuning in the the past um, few months. And so there's always there's always someone who is benefiting from what we're doing, whether we know it or not. I think about the young lady, she might even be on the West Coast, I can't remember, but um, who reached out to you and, and, and was talking to you about how much the show meant to her. Um, so I think that there's a lot, um, even though on a regular basis we see enough ignorance, we see enough selfishness, um, we see a lot that says, okay, are people even listening? Are they even getting anything out of the show? <clears throat> because if they were, why are they stagnant? But people have to want to grow. And, and in some cases, maybe they are and we just don't know it. But I also think about what I get out of the show. I think about what you get out of the show. I think about the conversations that we have outside of the two hours that we're on and how I think, if nothing else, we take so much from the show. Um, And so... There's always something there for somebody. And the only thing that we can do is put it out there. It's for people to take it. And sometimes they might, sometimes they may not. You know, but one thing about it is people cannot say they didn't know. People can't people will not have an excuse. If they know you, if they know me, if they're friends with us on Facebook, even if they don't know us in person, if they've never met us face-to-face, one thing they cannot say is they did not have an opportunity 
to hear a different message. When I when I listen to people talk about the media in the way that I described it earlier in the show, because I hear it a lot, you know, um, about how the, the, the news falsely reports things and, um, you know, how they spin everything. And, um, you know, I hear, I hear all this stuff, and I'm like, but you you have an opportunity to actually get some substance every Tuesday night. Where are you? And not just with our show, because there are shows that I listen to whenever I get a chance um, that I'm like, man, like this, this, this is good stuff. And, of course, I want everybody to be tuned in. I want everybody to be listening. I want everybody to get the message. But the truth is, not everybody will. Not everybody is going to sit at the table and walk away full. One, sometimes people sit at the table full or with no appetite. And usually when that is the case, they are full of things that they don't need. You take a child and you try to feed them dinner and they're not hungry. Usually it's because they've had candy or chips before dinner. And that's what happens with a lot of people when it comes to being fed the right things. They've had so much of the wrong stuff, they have no appetite for the good stuff. See, you can't... Hey, Rodney, can I throw something in there real quick um, before you close no, it don't out? Don't throw it. Just, play, just I, place it down gently. Don't throw it You know how we... <laughs> How we are in the midst of a pandemic, like there's so much going on to where, and people I think have 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 tricked themselves into thinking that we have slowed down and that we are paying more attention to one another. Where I think that it's just the opposite. I think people are doing more of the things that they were, like we're on Facebook more, we're on Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. we're on. Um, we're just we we we've, we've gone above and beyond on the things that really don't matter. So I mm-hmm. also challenge you guys. What have you like? I see more more TV articles, news. Like some of these people, I'm like, where where are all these people experts coming from on all these things? And it's it's like things have multiplied to the point where what you can watch on TV, who you can listen to. And like you were saying earlier, we're so consumed knowing that the news is is based on lies. I've had people call me and say, are are you guys okay? The weather, I mean, it's just insane. Like, yeah, yeah, we're okay. What's (laughs) going on? Well, they said you guys had this, this, that, and other. And I'm like, none of that has happened here. What is, No. (laughs) <laughs> and we know this. We 
didn't know this. Even on, on, on the show, you guys, like, let Rodney and I put anything out there about um, dating, um, all that stuff. Man, we have people come in, and I go back to this. You can't, you can't date anybody if you don't love yourself. You can't have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. if you don't like who you are. I don't care. You can you can get with Dodie. I mean, whoever, whatever. <laughs> you could, the, the the man that you like the most or whatever. Y'all gonna end up just like any other cat on the street because you don't like you. You can't share your life when you don't own your life. When you don't like your own life, you can't share it. I can't share an apple with you if I don't have one. I can't. Yeah. What are you doing during this time? Like Rodney said, what areas do you want to grow in, and what are you doing to grow there? If you mm. want a better relationship, stop blaming Jody. What are you doing? If you want to eat better, you want to lose weight, what are you doing? Are you still at McDonald's? <laughs> Every day? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? What are we doing, people? What are we doing? What are we doing? Why? And if you want to ask for who? For who? So mm-hmm. this pandemic is, I mean, I think about the young kids. I saw a young kid the other day, and I, I just thought, boy, I would hate, I, I hate where you're going. I can only imagine what you're going through at home. Like, just to see how she was dealing with this kid in public, like, just from the time she walked into the grocery store, she was just pounding on him, pounding, when I mean emotionally, verbally. And when I saw him going out the grocery store, she, she, she could have just broke the child, and it was a little girl, broke the little child's arm the way she just had him up in the air, just, just pretty much dragging him to the car. Like, I can only imagine the abuse that these young kids are taking upon, and they can't speak up. At least they had an out in going to school. And I'm sure that has intensified. Because half of y'all don't ain't real about it. You want your kids to go back. You ready for them to go back. You don't want your kids there 8 to 8 all day, all night, Monday through Sunday. You don't. Just, just keep it real. But you will get on there and you will fight to the end. Well, I da 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 You turn around and your child probably ready to go back to school. And let's just keep it real. Half of the teachers don't want you back there either, corona or not. Didn't want you when <laughs> corona wasn't here. <laughs> I mean, let's just keep, let's stop BSing with each other. Because it doesn't get real until you get real. It doesn't, we can't resolve it until you first say that it exists. Because guess what? It's okay that you feel that way. But what's not okay is you try to act like you don't. Who the hell are you fooling? You ain't fooling yourself because you know the thoughts are there. We just got to do better with keeping it real and 100 with ourselves. I can't keep it 100 and real with you if I'm not doing it with myself. I can't give you what I need for myself without making you a thief. 
you can't give it to me without making me one. And so I no longer want what you need for yourself. I no longer want it. I don't want to be your thief. I don't want to be your excuse for not dealing with your stuff. I'm really done, Rodney. So I over to you. <laughs> listen, I, listen, you've been on fire all night. I'm okay if you're not done. <laughs> I'm going to end, though, with, with, with where you, um, with, with the school thing. Um, it amazes me the, the 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 comments that that I've heard and that I see, and how people are using children to promote their agenda. I read an article the other day, and this these parents were, I guess, protesting. Um, and you know, trying to get the schools to um, you know reopen in person um, this fall, and the lady that they that they interviewed, one of the moms who they interviewed, I thought it was interesting that they put it in the article that she said children need to be back in school; they are miserable. But then the article went on to say the lady had five children, all of whom are in school. And my thought was, well, is the mother the one that's miserable? Because far too often, like I said earlier about wanting to get kids out of the house when they're 18. Far too often, teachers celebrate in in May or June, depending on when their school year ends. Ooh, we're out for summer, right? And then in August and September, the parents celebrate because the kids are going back to school. Both, in both cases, it's like, whew, I get a break. They're gone. Not everybody, but most of them. And it's like, wait a minute. We, up until this pandemic, we talk about getting rid of children. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden we're doing it for the right reasons. And I think it's a shame how people are using children to express what they want, but so that they don't sound like a bad person, whether it be an educator or a parent, so that they don't sound like a bad person, regardless of who they are. They say it's what's best for the children. Well, if a school building was on fire, we wouldn't send a bunch of children in there. If there was a gunman inside of a school building, we wouldn't want children up in there. We'd be trying to get them out. 
So how can it, there be an enemy waiting that the children could possibly bring with them or that the adults could possibly bring with them, but we think it's okay to send kids back to school? This pandemic has also taught me, Tammy, and here's where I'm going to end, where I'm going to wrap it up, that nobody knows how to struggle anymore. Nobody knows how to go without. Nobody knows how to be bored. Nobody knows how to adapt. We don't know how to change. We are a group of people who are stuck in our ways. And if we don't turn the knob, if we don't turn the channel, if we don't open the door or close the door, we don't want it done. I hear so much about mental health and mental wellness during this time. And I believe that is real. However, I also believe that we don't prepare ourselves for change. We are guilty of thinking that life will always be what it has been or life will always be what we want it to be. That's where we are. Nobody knows how to be bored anymore. Nobody knows when 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 you don't have sports. Well, what do I do now? What do I do? Sorry if y'all can hear Nadia crying in the background. What do I do? Oh, we can't go to school the way that we're used to going to school. What do we do now? I can't go out to eat or the happy hour every Friday like I used to and just walk in and, oh, it's it's a party. So what do I do now? But if we practice these things on a regular basis, if we moved our trash cans, if we tried different routes, if we put ourselves in positions to meet new people, to try new things, to try new hobbies, to learn new things, then times like these would not be as difficult. When all of this first really started back in March, My first thought was to take care of and protect my family, meaning my wife and my daughter. And then do we need to do to survive, to be healthy, to be safe? Time went on after we made those decisions. Time went on. And when I found out that school was closed for the rest of the year, like I told y'all before, oh, I don't have to get up at, you know, five thirty, six o'clock in the morning and, you know, I'm not going to be getting home 
from work 536 o'clock in the evening. And then Nadia was, wasn't going to be here a few days a week. But I'm going to get me a job. Not to replace the one that I have, but I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to get me another job. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit in the house all day working and then sit in sit in the house all night too. I'm gonna find me something to do that is productive. And that was what I did. I went and found something is productive, something that I can do that will earn a little bit of money. And at the same time, keep me safe because I don't have to really deal with people. But that's what we do when it's like, okay, here's the situation. Sometimes you put yourself in a situation, sometimes you don't. I just finished looking at, um, what is it, uh, what, uh, When They See Us. And a few months ago, I watched The Innocence Files. And here are people who spent years in prison for things that they did not do. Mm. Just like that. Their lives were changed. Here they are, just living their lives, going to work every day, going to school every day. Something happens, they get blamed. They end up in jail 10, 15, 20, 30 years, which is completely different than what we're dealing with right now. We can't be limited for six months. We can still go outside and get exercise. We can still go and see our family. We can still go to stores. There's things that we can still do. People these men had their lives ripped away from them. They were behind bars because somebody lied on them or because somebody tampered with evidence to make them look guilty. And all of them, when they got out, were forgiving and they were in good spirits. You talk about having to make an adjustment. If that ain't an adjustment, I don't know what is. But if they survived, if they could adapt, if they could adjust, then why can't we during this time? Tammy, any announcements, anything going on? Oh, lots going on, but I'm going to save it for later. I'm going to say that's some good news, but uh, we're going to save it in uh, a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe end of August. We'll share. Okay. I look forward to hearing about it. Well, thank you guys for listening tonight. Um, If you did not hear the entire show, I would encourage you to go back and listen. a lot of good things were said. Uh, Tammy Tammy was on fire. 
Um, but I encourage you to go back and listen to tonight's show. Um, and we hope that you guys have a blessed week. Uh, we hope that you will keep Tammy up to date with what's going on in Memphis, <laughs> especially if a storm is headed her way, because otherwise she is just going to be out walking at Shelby Farms. <laughs> oh, man. But that's where I will. That's where I'm supposed to be. If that's where I am, that's where I'm supposed to be. Maybe that's my safe place. You're right. You're right. Until next Tuesday, we hope you guys stay blessed, stay healthy, and stay safe. Good night, I know.